Welcome to the Gooners Podcast, Season 6, Episode 36. Um, it's actually a double episode here, and because we're on limited time uh, for Part 1, I'm going to dive right into it. Owen, thanks for uh, for coming on a bit early. Uh, we have with us today uh, Gav, a.k.a. Shewar. Um Gav, been on the podcast a few times before. Um, obviously, we've heard him on the Burkamp Wonderland as well. Uh, we go back a little bit of a ways, but, uh, you know, we, we wanted to bring you on, and I appreciate you coming on to kind of talk about something that's been lighting uh, social media afire in the last couple of days. So, first of all, Gav, welcome back to the pod. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Uh, well, well, we'll find out. We'll see, because, look, they, this is this is where I kind of feel the need to, to set some ground rules here, and not just ground rules amongst the three of us, but you know, with the chat and, and, and what we're trying to accomplish versus what we're not trying to accomplish. Um, this conversation for the next half an hour or so is not about an online business. It's not about things that may have been said in the past about various topics. It's not about just the global, you know, do you like Gav? Do you not like Gav? Do you like what his points of view are? Do you not? It's not about that. Um, it's not politics. It's not anything other than, in my opinion, what we should be focusing on today, which is inclusivity versus exclusivity, gatekeeping, and some of the topics that have been discussed in the last few days, both brought up by you and brought up by others in response to you that, you know, frankly, with 240 characters uh, or however many were allowed can, can sometimes very quickly change arguments. So we want to give you a forum, if you'd like, to express your views on things knowing full well that we and, and and certainly people in the chat may may challenge or disagree with those points of view but you know we're about having conversations not just about you know flame war so is that does that work for you go yeah no mate i mean it's, it's cool i mean mike i'm 49 years old mike i mean i've been going arsenal games since i was 13. i've i fell into blogging and fell into running an arsenal website and i fell into running a shop and I'm not into all the abuse. Uh, I don't care if, if anybody likes my opinion or not. And with all due respect to Mike and Owen now, if you don't like what I say and we have a debate over it, uh, as soon as the, the debate's over, me and Owen can go back to talking about what flavour break we're having. Me and Mike can go back to having a chat about the all, all sorts of rubbish that we've chatted about over the years. And that's it. It's just debate. The thing that, I guess, the only thing that upset me over the last couple of days uh, was the fact that I got called a racist, I got called a xenophobic, I got called a nonce, which for those who are not familiar with what a nonce means, it means somebody who likes shagging children. Uh, and I got called all sorts, all for having an opinion uh never once did i belittle anybody for where they lived or for where they were born uh it was all quite an amusing one uh and if i can start at the beginning if we go back to the weekend's game the morning of the game and up until till kickoff i must have seen six people that i know or i know of and many more who are friends of friends who took their young children to their first ever game at Arsenal. And it was a picture outside, a picture in the pub, 
uh, a picture in their seat, and it was it was heartwarming. It was heartwarming to see. Yeah, and like I say, two or three of these ones that I saw are close, mate. You know, close enough mates that you know I go drinking with every now and then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, no, I mean we I, and we have friends who are doing the same thing. Tony Fane yeah, bring, bring yeah. his daughter to games. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, you as somebody who's passionate about the next generation of Arsenal supporters, that's something I love to see. Anyway, in the evening, up pops Arsenal Twitter. Uh putting that they and they put the thing about first game at the Emirates, tick. And you've put it up there. Ha ha ha. I was expecting it to be a six or seven year old. Now, at that point, I had no idea who the fellow was that Arsenal had retweeted. I had no idea whether he was English, Irish, French, Spanish, American, or whatever. I had no idea where he was from. And then when I, I hit it, hit at it, and I thought, oh, hold on, he hosts a podcast and he writes a blog. And I'm thinking, okay, fair enough. And then this fella from Texas just started laying into me. Now, obviously, by that point, I'd had a few beers. Sunday wasn't the greatest day for uh, staying sober uh, in my life uh, due to the fact it was the anniversary of one of my best mates dying. So I'd had, had a few beers. And then Mr. Texas starts landing to me and I kind of unleashed a little bit, to be fair. Uh, the comment that got the most to me about what he said was when he went, I can guarantee you I've seen more games than you in the last 20 years. And I'm like, okay. But... Well, that, that, that isn't that isn't exactly what he said. Yet. He, he said well, he said there's no way that you've seen more games than I have because I've seen every single one of them. And I, and, and I don't. I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I the 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 thing about I've I I can speak as an American who sometimes has felt. I mean, even Ian Wright has made comments that I think he regrets making. But it, it's a constant narrative for Americans and, 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 you know, that, that we don't know the game that we don't. So, so there is a defensive nature to a lot of people as to how they react to comments that, 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 ble that bleed into the questioning of, of whether we are lesser than or qualified yeah, not, not, to do not, a B or C. Yeah. Um, now I have never seen, and, and if it exists, then so be it. I've never seen somebody who claims that the number of games that they've seen or the time that they wake up to see them gives them more credibility than other people who live closer to the stadium or who don't go to every games. I've only ever seen people defensively use that as a way of basically saying, you know, we, we do sacrifice. We do because we love to and want to do this as well. So please don't, you know, denigrate us for, you know, for being somewhat lesser than. And, you know, I've read through Jordan's tweets and, and you know, look, Jordan and I have had conversations before that, that, that weren't, didn't always go smoothly. I'm, you know, we're, we're acquainted and, and, and I'd say on, in a very loose level, friendly and. Sorry, who, who's Jordan? Jordan is the person you're referring to from Texas. Um, oh, the, the, that te Texan gooner who was. Yeah. 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 And, I, and 
Yeah, and 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 look, I mean, I I think it's an example of basically the conversation on Twitter getting moved into if you go to games or not, it makes you more or less of a fan. It makes you more or less qualified to run a blog or a podcast. And I just I, the the issue that I have with it, the reason I I temporarily jumped in and then and then work got very very busy the last couple of days. Oh. Um, it I mean, is because I, mean, I, I just don't like exclusivity. I don't see where that belongs. No, no, in our no, no, no. I, my, I, I completely get that, and I completely get how people can feel that I was saying, if you haven't been a game in your life, you shouldn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you know well, I mean? Yeah, they, they every, would get every, that impression because that's exactly what you said. See, see, yeah, I mean, basically, see, the way I see people who write blogs and people who – uh, who, people who run blogs and people who run, uh, you know, podcasts, uh, is they should really have some form of experience in actually going to games, and that's my that's my personal opinion. Uh, if people want to tweet about the game itself or whatever, and if people want to give their personal opinion, then go ahead, go ahead, do it. I don't care. Uh, my only point really is if you're putting yourself up to be some form of expert and want to run pods and blogs, then please have some experience in actually seeing live games. And it's, it's I mean, that, that, that's like the, it's, it's a thin line, but that, that's where I draw the line. Do you know what I mean? Because, I I I, but I think you're generalizing a bit too much in that sense. But because that, that, that's what I was just going to say. If it's all right, if I jump in. Um, yeah, I, I think from both parties that are referring to yourself, Gav and Jordan. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be uh, go from the outset. I actually think that I didn't really have a problem with your original tweet reacting to the video. I, I saw it as just uh, poking a bit of fun, having a bit of a laugh. My problem, um, with, was some of the things that you said following that tweet in response to some people. Now the problem is, and I think, and again, I'll say this just uh, to be fair. I think the problem was assumption from both yourself and 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 Jordan, the Texas Guna, oh, whatever you call yeah, him. No, no, I, 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 I think that from Jordan's part, it was unreasonable for him to assume that you were targeting Americans specifically, um, because from what I'd seen prior in the conversation, you hadn't mentioned America or Americans prior <clears throat> to that conversation. And then I think I think the problem for me is when I just listening to you talking there is you're saying there about. Um, you know a lot of people who experienced their first match that day children and and friends of your family and friends of friends and whoever it is but what what i would like to say is is that for all we know that dude there could have been an american his dad could have been english could have lived there he could have been following the arsenal his whole life he might not have been in a financial situation to ever get over to a game it he's 20 he's, tw he's 21 years old he's, he's not uh, he's not 48 uh, he's 21 might, so but, but his personal circumstances weren't apparent so to make a judgment over his emotional reaction and yes look i'll say this outright as well i'm trying to be as honest as i can i thought it was cheesy and corny but look each to their own but to, I think to say that, um, and it's funny, I'm not sure whether you've seen my sort of tongue-in-cheek response to, to your tweet uh, about not podcasting or writing blogs if you've never been to a home game. Mine my, my was that you can't be an, uh, an astrology expert if you've never been to space then. Astronomy. 
astrology yeah, is I, like it's, it's like yeah, Pisces it's, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, you don't need to actually attend somewhere to be an expert in what takes place. Not if the podcast is about the experience of going to games, and if you're yes. trying to podcast about you know what it's like to to travel to to Baku or to Burnley uh, or to you know to be at a home game when X Y or Z happened, then yeah, you you probably don't have the credibility to speak to that specific experience. But I mean, you know, look, that it obviously catches my eye when someone talks about what should or shouldn't be the case before you start podcasting. If I could throw this to you, Gal, right? So for me, what is it about fandom, the hierarchy of fandom that makes somebody climb that ladder? So say, for example, is a season ticket holder higher in that hierarchy of fandom more so than somebody from Ireland who travels over four times a year? Because I can guarantee you the two or three trips that I take over to watch games in a year, I spend a lot more than a season ticket on them three trips alone. So, you know, is it a financial ladder? Is it um, a moral ladder of being there every week? What What is it to you that means that you're a good fan over somebody who, let's yeah, say, so is sitting on a couch in America? Yeah, see, I mean, this this was this was heavily twisted straight away, and it does seem to be quite a, uh, almost like a chip-on-the-shoulder event at times. Uh, where people, you know, rightly love Arsenal, rightly watch every single game, rightly get up at four o'clock in the morning. And there's almost like an entitlement that they feel they're equal to people who do exactly the same from London. And equal? Really, no, no, you just said equal, not better, right? Because entitlement would normally mean... Yeah, you no, no. I mean, Picture almost, yourself as being better. Than. Yeah, no, I mean, there's almost like, like I say, the impression that, I, I was getting over the last couple of days uh, was there was almost like an, an entitlement that, hold on, but I get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch a game. Uh, I'm as equal as somebody who goes home and away every single game in, in the UK. And unfortunately, whether you like it or not, that, that that's not an equal, that's not an equality. Uh, I mean, if we go, just sorry, I just wanted to make a point on what we said about the the cheesy video that that fella put up. Uh, if you do go back and read his tweets, uh, he did do it just for hits and clicks. I mean, he was adding all sorts of massive, massive football accounts, asking them to use his video and asking if they did to make sure that they tagged him and tagged his blog and blah, blah, blah. So it was, which, put, which puts that in a different perspective than some of the other things that I've seen, such as our, you know, our friend Jessica, who, who had a truly non-staged emotional reaction in yeah, Charlotte no, when mean, she I, saw I, the I, team for the first no, time. I mean, I, that, I, it's I okay that. to distinct. Yeah. It's okay to distinguish those as being different from each other and to point out the, the kind of, I, I think that that's fair to say that, you know, you might take issue with that video and the fact that it was clearly done for attention versus organically oh, putting that out I mean, Oh, Jesus, mate. He was filming himself and he had two other people filming him. They all had uh, anti-wobble devices on their equipment. Do you know what I mean? They might as well have gone in there with a bloody Sky TV film crew. Do you know what I mean? It, it was so staged. It was unbelievable. Uh, see, but, see, I mean, see, obviously... The thing is, and I, I said this to Mike privately earlier, right, is that over the years of 
doing what I do and doing social media, I've got to speak and got to see to people all over the world who go there, local supporters clubs. Uh, I see pictures of and films of the Sydney supporters club. I see the pictures and films of all the American supporters clubs when they get together, they do a picture before a game, etc., etc., in the pub. And obviously the wonderful Gunadra, uh, which I think is absolutely amazing because football to me and football to the people that I know and I go with and I've grown up with is possibly from a different perspective than it is for anybody who's not actually born uh, and doesn't actually go regularly or has never actually been regularly. And when you see people doing what we do all over the world, we like that. I like that. I like seeing the New York fan clubs getting, you know, I know that I think there's two pubs in New York. I love seeing the pictures of their get togethers and their videos getting together because that's what we do. That's the spirit and that's the ethos of how I do football being with friends, being in the pub, having a laugh. And what, what about Gav, those people that don't have that opportunity? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just I mean, going to say, I, I know, but Mike will probably know more people than me, maybe in the States and other places in the world that don't have access to those fan groups that you've been mentioning. And, and simply podcasting can be somewhere where they can share that love for Arsenal and interact with other fans in the same situation. Do you not think that, if anything, the podcasting world has opened the door for, for more love for the club rather than, than sort of falsifying yeah, any no, kind I mean, of... No, I, I, like I say, I agree with you. Uh, the only thing I, I don't agree with uh, and like I say, this is just my personal opinion. It's not mm-hmm. set in stone. I don't care if anybody agrees or disagrees with me or not. Is that, in my opinion, if you run... Well, then it kind of is set in stone. <laughs> if yeah. you don't care what people think, no, I don't, I we're don't, not I'm, open to I'm, changing I'm, it. Like I say, it's, it's not set in stone. You, you can either agree with me or you can disagree, disagree mm-hmm. with me. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I have not lost a single night's sleep over this. Right? Mm-hmm. If You've never been to a home game and you portray yourself as an expert by writing blogs and by hosting podcasts. To me, nah, it's just not for me. Do you think, think, Gav, that Arsenal, not football in particular, but Arsenal in particular, has become over-commercialised and over-Americanised? No, I mean, I do feel unfortunate. I do feel at times that the actual Twitter account uh, can highlight stuff from around the world more than it does from the actual ground and people actually in the ground, which is basically the fact that, A, yeah, we're owned by Americans, uh, and B, the fact that the club are trying to grow their global fan base. They can often, the club themselves can often see the fans that go week in, week out, as uh, it's been, can't, I believe the quote is legacy, legacy Guna. People that feel have been doing it all their lives because their parents done it all their lives and their grandparents done it all their lives. And in my case, my great granddad was going games. Your seventh generation, which is a, which is a great situation to, yeah. you know, to be born into, but not everyone has, 
has that. And, yeah, and I, I agree. I agree, Gavin. I've said this to the club. I've said this on the podcast many times. The, 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 you know, the club does not do enough to recognize and value and, and cherish its, its local game going supporters. It, they don't, they don't, they, you know, they, as David Ziegler pointed out on, on Twitter, um, you know, they could do a lot more to recognize the Arsenal supporters club. Do you know what I'd like to say? Right. Is, I mean, I was one of the first junior gunners, right? I was one of the first junior gunners, either the first or the second season that started back in 1986. I've now got two junior gunners of my own, right? What I'd like to see the club do on every match day is when a junior gunner's going their first game, have a little event for them for half an hour at, you know, at half past one or at two o'clock. Have like a photo opportunity with, you know, with an ex-player or with a player that's injured, have Gunnosaurus there, take a few pictures, and then put it up on the social media with this lot, their first game. And that would be heartwarming. That would be heartwarming, and that would be an absolute brilliant thing to do. And it, like I say, it would literally take half an hour of the club's time to do something like that every single game. And because, obviously, last year with the lockdown and everything... At the, the moment, you're getting more and more kids having their first games this season because there's been almost two years since they could have gone. So that's what I would like to see the actual Arsenal Twitter account and the actual Arsenal social media to be doing because... Well, and, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a valid point. Uh, Ars- it, what Arsenal isn't doing to, to value the local fan, to, to, to bring new generations in... And instead, in lieu of which, they seem to be concentrating more on highlighting the foreign fan. I, I'm with you on that. I, I I don't think it's something they need to switch and do something different. I think it's just something they need. They need to recognize something more locally. But but that isn't the the root of this debate, though, because that's not, yeah, that's not the because fault because of the because to fan. right I because that well didn't I that is well that isn't something that the, <laughs> that that isn't something that the foreign fan is responsible for. Um, and, and, you know, again, it's, it's, it's about gatekeeping Now, you and I talked this morning about gatekeeping and, and, and we don't have too much time left, but I see your comments made over the last two days as heavy gatekeeping. Gatekeeping to me is where a person says you shouldn't or can't do X until you've done, or unless you've done Y it's, it's a pretty simple content to me and gatekeeping to me, gatekeeping to me is something that is really distasteful in you know when it's being done where there's unlimited supply and what i mean by unlimited supply is five billion people in the world could be arsenal fans if they wanted to and there's room for every single one of them um and and there's not a limited supply um can i I just jump in there because there's something 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 i want to touch on just before as well this will be my last point is i would like to know (coughs) where the boundary lies for a, a foreign fan because as somebody from across the water living in, in Northern Ireland and um, my dad, I'm, I'm a third, maybe fourth generation Arsenal fan, but <clears throat> my dad was an absolute diehard Arsenal fan. Um, he, I don't he think, I don't think, I don't think Gav's drawn the line at no, foreign. No, I think no, he's no, drawn no, the line at I, match no, going. What, no, but what I'm trying to explain. You live in the UK, mate. Yeah, yeah, but if if, if so it, you're not foreign, you? you're not no, foreign. If, 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 for somebody who's living in London, you live in you live in Northern Ireland. 
So no, I, wouldn't that, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you a foreign fan, would I? No, but what I'm, what I was going to say is, so my, my dad was an absolute diehard. You know, we lost him in 2007 at the age of 45. Oh, um, Jesus. Un, 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 unfortunately, obviously, growing up during the night, uh, the the 80s and 90s, during the troubles in Northern Ireland, there was very limited resources for work and stuff. And unfortunately, he only ever got to attend one Arsenal game. He was buried with an Arsenal jersey in his coffin. I mean, he was a diehard gooner. That's where I get it from. But is he not as good? Is he not as good, or was he not as good? And I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not trying to not push you, push, push you in a hole here. No, I'm just no, trying, no, 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 I'm just, no, no. I'm, I'm just trying to give a certain, certain, a certain set of circumstances that maybe other people around the world are currently facing at the minute that they can't go to an arse. Let's say, for example, some guy sitting in a similar situation, no job, low economy, hit by the pandemic, always dreamed of going to an Arsenal game. But he has an Arsenal podcast, and now he's looking, thinking, "Well, Jesus, here's somebody with quite a high profile within the Arsenal Twitter world, um, has just ridiculed what I have been do- doing to try and sort of get involved in the Arsenal world." Do, do you sort of see where my point's coming from? Yeah, right? no, of course I do. I mean, firstly, one 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 of one of my closest friends called Davy lives in Northern Ireland. And he comes over three or four times a year. I've met him. That's, that's the most Northern Irish name I've ever heard in my life, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, he's a, uh, no, he's, a, he's a lovely bloke. I've met him. I've met, I've met his wife when his wife come over with him. And we speak every single day, uh, every single day. And, you know, that, that's how it is. I mean, I speak to a lot of people in Northern Ireland, in Ireland, uh, I've got somebody who oh, I think is a, a good mate. I certainly class him as a good mate who lives in Italy. Uh, obviously, via my shop, I speak to people in all over Europe. Uh, during the first lockdown, I ran a little quiz on my Facebook page every Friday, and I got very, very friendly with a uh, American fella, and we still we got him. Yeah, like I so, say, I just got to know him through the quiz, and we chat all the time. This. And my point it isn't anything about where you're from or how often you go or how much uh, I go compared to you. That was never the case. Obviously, the, the Texan fella wound me up uh, with his bollocks about watching more games on TV, etc. I just thought that was just a crass comment. Uh, but with regards to everybody, you you watch and you do your Arsenal how you do it. But please understand that for people like me and people like I know and people who are much, I consider, much better supporters than me, uh, we do it a little bit differently. And, it, I mean, I was telling a story earlier uh, today. I believe it was to you, Mike. Uh, when we was growing up as kids, and we had a lot of Liverpool supporters in our school because I was growing up in the 80s in a London comprehensive school and we had a lot of Liverpool supporters in there and there was about a dozen of us in our year that used to go Arsenal. There's probably about 20, 30 West Ham and probably about a dozen Tottenham. And But it was Liverpool supporters running about pretending they're, they're you know, their top dogs all the time. And we was like, well, you don't go games. You, you, you don't go games. And that was that was our banter from school. And then you fast forward to when I first went on the internet, which was 1998. 
and I was on America Online, AOL, and they used to have a football chat room. Uh, and I've still got friends that I met through that football chat room. I actually introduced two people who have now got five kids <laughs> uh, through that. Uh, but the common insult on that was, you're an armchair fan. You're an armchair fan. What do you know? It don't care whether you're a team one. If you weren't there, it doesn't matter. And that's the sort of banter and debate that I've grown up with. But obviously now... Yeah, but th things things evolve and change, Gav. No, I mean, I the, know, the, 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 the globalization of the game over the last well, 20 to 30 years... What the, 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 the TV has, Mike. But, all, well, all of it, but... And, and and I'm only I'm only interrupting you not because I'm trying to be disrespectful, but because we really don't have a whole lot more time uh, before we need to start the part two of this pod. But okay. I just I, I'm I just I'm hearing a lot. Even when you you saying that there are fans who are better than you because they go to more games or that that bothers me because even though you're painting yourself as inferior in that situation, that doesn't that doesn't resolve the issue that I, you know, and, and, and I think we've seen some constant comments from, from, from supporters new and old from Arsenal players who have chimed in, in this chat uh, in the form of Kevin Campbell and many others that, you know, if, if we're supposed to be a family, you know, a family and I'm being a little bit woke and snowflakey and, 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 you know, and, and new age, I get that, that, that you and I have different backgrounds in that regard, but you know, I just don't see the benefit in any way, shape or form of creating a hierarchy, creating, using the word better or worse. We're all Arsenal supporters. How we choose to consume the club has a lot to do with things that we can or can't control in some cases. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. And, and I just think it's I think it's harmful to the club's community, and you know, look, there's enough about our, that Arsenal fans cannot agree on right now that has to do with the club. But the one thing that that brings joy to my to, to my life, no matter how the club is playing, is the ability to just be part of a community. It's why I do the podcast. I'm probably in the minority when it comes to podcasters and bloggers, but I said on my very first. 350 podcasts ago that if you ever were looking for any kind of expertise out of me, you were not going to get it. But, but that's, uh, that, that, that's something as well. And it's the last thing I'll touch on. And maybe something that you said yeah, that already. I, 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 I know, but I always say the last, the last, this time. The last, yeah. last time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I came into this maybe about two years ago or, or so started podcasting and stuff. And I had this sort of, misconception of what american fans are you know i i watching movies and stuff and and you sort of see what these american soccer fans would be and you have these assumptions and the truth is any the truth is anything but that um drew thompson a friend i know or a friend we have i'm not sure if you you're aware he writes for uh yama um as well as 101 great goals that guy has forgot more tactically about football and arsenal than i will ever know we have one of our uh, co-hosts in the chat, Jared Carver, who is one of the best uh, people I've ever seen, an American guy, one of the best people I've ever seen at, at dissecting analytically Arsenal's performances. Um, I mean, like the stuff that some of these guys know, and I think that something that I've noticed being at games sometimes is that people that go to games, I mean, the two guys that sit, sit in front of the seats that I always sit in, they're just talking nonsense. They don't even watch the match <laughs> the entire 90 minutes, and they're see, absolutely... See that, see that, see that. That, that's part of it. I mean, to chirp in now, I mean, one, the, the, the fella that 
I think he's probably one of the most tactically aware. Uh, actually, lives in America. He's a fellow called Mike, and he writes for uh, yeah. the Gunnerstown blog. Yeah, Mike, Mike McDonald's. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's I mean he, he, he's at. I mean, I could, I could talk to him all day long. Uh, the thing is, is it's again when when I said earlier, it, it kind of goes back to a little bit of sort of attitude and upbringing, which some people get and some people don't get. Uh, but I mean, like, so I mean, I've gone games and sat there drunk and not paid attention, and we're sitting there with me and my mates chatting and talking rubbish all game. And, you know, you watch the game for real the next day on the telly and stuff like that. It's just football to me and Arsenal to me is never and will never just be watching the game. There, there, there's more to it. I mean, Owen, for yourself, the three or four times that you get over, I bet for, to, to probably speak it in your language, I bet you have one head of a crack. <laughs> Just I, bet, I, bet huge, <laughs> I, bet, I bet you've got a hotel lined up in King's Cross. Right? I bet you've got a hotel. First of all, first of all, he had a podcast called Gunner Crack. Secondly, <laughs> yeah, he has a he has a hotel in King's Cross next month when I'm over to come visit and watch the game, so that Owen and I could meet together. I mean, look, we are <laughs> we're, we're, see, we're, see, I see, I see. I mean, I know. But, but I, I, know, but I, know, I know how the Northern Irish and the Irish fans do Arsenal. And I know from meeting many, many in places like the 12 Pins, where I presume you're meeting, right? <laughs> Are you meeting in the 12 Pins? I'm, I'm not going to reveal that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're meeting, you're meeting, you're meeting, you're meeting, we decide whether we want that publicised or not. But. You're, meeting in, you're meeting in the 12 Pins, right? You'll probably go to the game afterwards. You might go and have a little wander down to the Woodbine because there's a big Irish boss in the Woodbine at the moment. Oh, and probably end up doing Jaeger bombs at and the, at the and, um, his and his Guinness is apparently superb. Do you know what I mean, I know how you do. I know how the Irish do games. I mean, do you know what I mean, I've been drinking yeah, with you. So but, but, here, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. So many I, people could turn around and tell Gav that he's stereotyping, but he's spot on with literally everything. I, I, well, that, yeah, that may be true. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that, but I'm also very. I, I feel very fortunate that I'm in a position where I can do that. I can take the time from work. I can work from from my Airbnb, whatever allows me to be able to do that. Your hotel in King's Cross. No, no, I, I usually, <laughs> I, this is embarrassing. I, I try to stay at an Airbnb in Highbury Square, but but that's that's oh. another, that, that's just, uh, uh, none of that matters because all it is is me following my dream and, and the way well, no, that no, I do like like every, Everybody's entitled to do Arsenal the, the way they want to do it. The and, only, like I say, the only thing and how this is all corkscrewed and all expired and how I got, all the nasty, nasty abuse. And I was never abusive to anybody back. So, I mean, I just blocked people who were being abusive towards me. It's simply because, in my personal opinion, if you do a blog or if you do a podcast about the Arsenal, my personal opinion is you should have at least been one game and not put up some attention-seeking, trying to sulk, try pretending you're crying, filmed by three people video, which Arsenal picked up on instead of picking up possibly, I mean, if I saw eight people and eight kids at their first game, there probably would have been 10 times that amount. So I, probably, I, I think that, that that viewpoint should be aimed at Arsenal and not at, at, at people who do podcasts and not at people who do blogs, be, who 
who in your mind fancy themselves to be experts and don't always fancy themselves to be expert. That's a bit of a generalization as well. So, you know, just it, it, the most on the expert, expert. Of <laughs> Look, yeah. I mean, if you, I, I just, again, my, my issue <laughs> with you is not that you have an opinion. It's, it's just that I just don't see the benefit to anybody in any way, shape or form to I draw changed, comparisons. My, 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 I ain't changed, mate. I've been giving this opinion for, for years. Do you know what I mean? No. You're, you're talking to somebody that in the, the late 80s, early 90s was drinking in pubs with Scandinavian fans who have been coming over for you know, generations now. Because like I say, the, the first, obviously apart from, I mean, I, I will say it, I'm, I'm half, you know, my, my grandparents on my dad's side were both born in Ireland. So, I mean, I'm entitled to an, an Irish passport, apparently. right? So, I mean, that's how it is in Islington. Do you know what I mean? Islington is... A mixing pot of Italian, Irish, uh, the Windrush generation. If anybody ever saw me at a game, right, and I'll give you, uh, this is the God's honest, right? A, a normal game, I'll go there with a, I'll go there with a fellow who's Italian. We'll meet a couple of Moroccan brothers with uh, my northern mate and his kid, and a couple of fellows from Surrey. You should form um, a white band. That sounds like. <laughs> oh, don't, mate. Do you know what I mean? It will be boys to men. Boy, it will be, be boys to old men now. Uh, we'll go in. We'll go in the. We'll go in a pub. We'll probably bump into a couple of Greek lads. We know a couple of Turkish lads. We know definitely a few Jewish fellas. We know uh, a couple of Asian lads that we know, and obviously a, quite a few uh, West Indian boys that we know. Shout out to my mate Roderick. Uh, yeah, it, it's one big, it's one big melting pot. And if any, like I say, if anybody saw me and saw the people I drink with, and then accused me of being xenophobic or or racist, I mean, it, it's almost like the ultimate insult because Arsenal fans drove out the racists while the racists were getting a grip of clubs like Chelsea and West Ham and Millwall. And Charlton, uh, Arsenal fans were driving out the races. They were driving out the Combat 18 and the National Front, and they never got a grip on on Arsenal. So, for anybody who's knows their Arsenal history and has been going Arsenal as long as and longer than I have, to be called a racist or a xenophobic is it, it, like I mean, I had like. My black mates and my Asian mates messaging me, laughing, calling me a racist and taking the mickey out of it because they know to start falling off the tree. And, Do you know what and I mean? Again, that, 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 that's a different conversation that, that is, like I said at the beginning, that, that's not the conversation <laughs> I want to have. I, I, it's concept, I, though, Mike. It's concept. Well, I, yeah, and, and, and it's fair for you to say that, you know, that, that, you have feelings about being accused of, of being those things. And oh, you know, again, again, Twitter, Twitter is a different land than, than, than when you get to know somebody personally. And it of course is rife uh, of that kind you know, of, of jumping to conclusions easily, whether you feel justified in it or not. Um, and again, I, I, I won't comment on any of that either way. What I will say though is um, you know, and we're not going to resolve this issue. We're not going to come to a, we're not going to come to a peace accord on, on, on the gatekeeping issue. It's even in your it's even in your chat, Dimitri. Me, black or Asian friends, how can I be xenophobic or racist? 
I mean, come on. I mean, like I say, there's some people who really need to grow up and really need to sort of like, you know, get a grip with their situation. The fact that if you've been if you've been going Arsenal since the eighties, it was drum it was drummed into you from the older lads on the trains and in the grounds and in the pubs. There's no need and there's no time for racists at Arsenal. And that's how it's always been. And I'm sorry if people don't actually think I'm lying or think I'm saying, oh, I've got black friends, I can't be racist, right? If you had been in my shoes and if you had seen and if you've been to the number of games I've been over this number of years, you would know that to be an absolute fact. That, that, that's even even looking at the chat. Just I know I said it seven last thing. Even looking at the chat, Gav, and, and I'll, I'll say this: we definitely a hundred percent are a complete opposite ends of the spectrum on on the debate of uh, fan inclusion. But I, I have said before the podcast, and I will say it again. And it, trust me, I went over all the tweets. Race, racist is a big word to throw about and, and to just casually throw it at someone and the implications that that person can face uh, as a consequence of that being thrown at them is massive. Um, and, and for me, I think it's completely unjustified oh, oh, in, it, in, in it, this it, situation. It, it's huge, mate. I mean, you've got some some person who lives two or 3,000 miles away who's putting tweets up on Twitter calling me a racist. I could go the next game and get somebody who's never spoken to me or never seen me before smack me in the face. Mm -hmm. Right? And I put this out, and again, I'll extend this to everybody who follows this pot, this uh, this podcast. If you find one racist tweet, truly racist tweet I've ever ever typed, I'll donate a hundred quid to charity. And I put that out the other day. Nobody has. There, let's, there let's, let's leave there that on Twitter. And, and in fact, we, we have to transition, uh, Gav. Uh, you know, we we can and will probably have an occasion to discuss this again. Um, you, as as with virtually anybody in the Arsenal world, are welcome back onto the podcast to have a discussion. We don't we don't shy away from discussions. Lord knows I've had people on the podcast who I don't like or agree with, and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just my belief that, that talking about things is healthier than just sending, you know, sending bombs across uh, the chasm uh, <laughs> virtually or physically. What game are you over for, the, by the way, Mike? I'm sorry? What game are you over for, by the way? Oh, I'll be over in October, but we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll talk okay. to you offline about that <laughs> um, <laughs> because we got, we really got to let Dan in. And, and uh, but, but again, Gav, I, I appreciate you coming on. Nice, I, I think. I think we have some fundamental disagreements. I don't know that any of them got solved. I, you know, I, I, they, they come from deep rooted experiences um, and, and different perspectives. And, and I think, uh, you know, it's part of I the evolution of the game. Like I say, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where there's going to be a hundred percent agreement with match going fans and non match going fans. I don't think there's ever going to be a complete agreement across the board. And, like I say, um, you know, I shouldn't be. I mean, Jesus, I sell Arsenal related merchandise, so I should be completely down the line and not controversial, but I can't do it. I started well, my, off with my, my last, and I'll finish with it. My last question for you, and then we're, and then we're really, we're going to switch over. Um, do you have any, I mean, I know you have your opinion, you don't apologize for opinion, but you, you mentioned something that was not contextual earlier in your Twitter, which is that you, had some things going on in your life on Sunday that that 
you know, I almost heard you say you, you, you know, you may have regretted some of the things you put out there. Uh, I mean, is there anything you want to clarify or take back from your stances uh, on Twitter? And, and I realize we're not, we're not giving the same opportunity to the people on the other side of the discussions, but you're on the pod right now. Is there anything you want to say? No, or, or? no I mean, I'll, I'll tell the truth. Uh, two years ago on Sunday, uh, one of my mates who we was mates since we was about eight years old, uh, we played at school. We went Arsenal games together when we was young. Uh, he joined the Paras. Uh, he fought in Afghanistan. Uh, he he ran a record shop selling thinking records. We had some mad nights at raves. Uh, he was an agen- adrenaline junkie who took no shit off anybody. And uh, he loved his motorbikes. He loved his fast motorbikes. And he was always going out to Spain, uh, doing track days out in Spain. And two years ago, Sunday, he went on a track day and it didn't come off too well. So on Sunday, obviously, Arsenal game, plenty of beer. Uh, In normal circumstances, if I hadn't had that sort of emotional thing, I would have just laughed at that Texas sweater and not bothered biting. Uh, but it was a bit of a one of those days. And sometimes you just think to yourself, my mate Gary, he took no shit off anybody. Why am I taking shit off somebody who's trying to make a mountain out of a molehill and trying to create? So I just gave it back to the fellow a little bit. But if I was not in an emotional state and if I was not, uh, as liberated as I was, I would have possibly sort of looked at it and thought, you know what, I'll give this a pass. Because I do give, I see lots of stupid stuff on Twitter that people retweet, and, and I just give it a pass. I didn't bother. But like I say, Sunday was one of those days where it was, you know what, fuck it. You want to give me shit, I'll give you shit back, mate. So it was one of those. And I don't regret it, and I stand by my words like a man does. Uh, and that's it. All right. Well, Gav, I appreciate you joining us, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk some some football now. But uh, but but have a good evening. I appreciate your time, and uh, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, no, mate. I'd like to say I appreciate the little chat we had earlier. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me on. Uh, I don't care whether I've changed anybody's minds about me. If I'm being completely fucking honest, oh, <laughs> no, I think we know that. But it, but uh, at least at least providing some extra context around it and no, exactly that exactly. isn't limited. Exactly. People can form opinions that are maybe a little bit more informed now. And and by informed, I don't mean different. I just mean informed. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and when when you two boys are over, like I say, if you uh, if you want me to pop in and have a glass of uh, a glass of vino with you, I'd be more than delighted. All right, mate. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Oh, (laughs) I am so sorry to keep you guys waiting. Um, Lee was in here four hours ago, just waiting for us to get started. (laughs) And, um, and he's just, you know, he's eaten five meals and had 16 beers and done a a couple podcasts uh, in the meantime. So, um, Thank you to the chat for for tuning in. We uh, we obviously added that at the beginning of what was our normally scheduled podcast, based on the the timeliness of it and my conversation with Gab. But uh, we got a couple of 
proper Arsenal fans with us today. <laughs> Uh, who go who go home and away? I mean, these guys. I aspire to be these guys someday, because you know these guys are 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 proper. Uh, but no, guys, how you doing? How you doing, Dan? Been good, good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been uh, been uh, a while, Mike. To be honest, man, it's nice to come back on and see you both. I uh, hope you're well, Owen. Oh well, I'm sitting here with this bastard, so not very <laughs> as well as as well as could be expected. Lee, how was dinner tonight? Yeah, very nice, very nice, very nice Italian. Um, Michelle's Look. mum's seventieth birthday, so we was oh, uh, lovely. So, uh, yeah, so very, very nice. Um, I'm sure they're thrilled about you doing multiple podcasts on her birthday. No, I just, I just, just listen to Gav here. Like, I don't, he don't, Gav doesn't follow me. Don't, I don't know if he likes me or not because of all the AFTV stuff. Um, he can be a bit controversial, but every time he's been on a pod, I quite like the guy. I don't know if uh, he just seems like. Genuinely- I think, I think- this is something I said before we actually went live and it was it's the simple fact that regardless of an opinion that somebody holds over one specific subject you can't form an opinion whether you completely like someone or completely dislike them just because their stance on one single subject and whilst they completely disagree with gav with gav on 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 that subject he seems like a, a a decent guy, like you put it like this, he'd be a good laugh to have a paint with that bloke. Well, it, it, it depends on who you are and what mode you're in. I think if you're in the mode of, you know, I'm trying to immerse myself in Arsenal culture, I want to have beers and talk about the history of Arsenal with people who's who have had it in their families for 125 years uh, or, or, you know, 85 years, whatever it is. Gav's going to be near the top of the list of people who can share those experiences with you and 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 so on. Uh, but that's not what everybody's looking for in their arsenal consumption. I mean, if you're someone who who wants to go to a pub and and talk with people and not be judged, sorry, Lee, uh, and not and not be um, you know and not worry that they are going to be accepted or not accepted or you know fulfill a particular barrier of entry into some sort of social club then no, I don't think Gav's your guy. And, and, and so, you know, I tend to enjoy the first, but relish being around people and, and, and being able to also be the second of those things, if that makes any sense. I mean, I, I enjoy some old school discussion. I mean, my God, some of the things that we've talked about Lee over the time, Mm. um, you know, I mean, it, it is, enlightened me and made and increased my enjoyment X percent of being in, you know, an Arsenal fan, you know, same with, with Trev and Hoggy and, and even you, Dan, you know, uh, <laughs> given He's your young, new. well, I He's mean that, new. I mean that given your young age, not, not, uh, not, not any other, uh, you know, level of judgment, but you know, I, I enjoy that. It, it's, it, it adds a lot, but I also enjoy going to the pub, what I, you know, the, our local bar where there are people who, range so you know differently in experience duration what they've seen what they know why they got into the club in the first place and hearing opinions that might not be as informed but are every bit as entitled uh and interesting and and discussion worthy so um yeah i mean i think if you know it, it depends on what you're looking for in a conversation or in a mate or in a in a in a podcast if you know if that's going on but uh, speaking of podcasts, you got you guys have well did, did I I don't want to move on without Lee. You look like you had something you wanted to say. No, I was just going to say I don't know about how you guys feel, but I love different people with different opinions of Arsenal. You know what I mean? Like um, whether they like 
uh, certain things. There's a lot of old school fans that don't like the new generation of the way the fans are, what i.e. podcasts, i.e. fan cams and whatever, <laughs> fan channels, whatever you are like. I love talking to those guys and, and hearing their opinions because, you know, whether you think they're right or wrong, you know, um, I, I respect their opinions and not everybody's going to get on and everything like that, you know what I mean? And um, uh, I, I think, like, you know, um, there are – me and Dan know exactly what, what we're saying when I say that. There's people that are on Twitter that are completely different when you actually get to meet them on the social medias and things like that. There are like people that. on WhatsApp who are completely <laughs> different when you meet them in person. We, we know there's a couple of, couple of them that we know. It, it's incredible. <laughs> and then when you actually meet them – we're talking um, about Andy Nunn. No, no, no. <laughs> you, know, you actually get to meet him. You think, Mike, they're completely different, you know. And that's, some what people I'm, that's what I'm really worried about at the tweets. minute because cause I'm meeting uh, Mike, obviously, next month while we're over. I'm sure we'll probably meet yourselves as well. But oh, I'm, really, I'm really scared that I'm getting reverse catfished. I'm, I'm going to turn out and Mike's going to be like <laughs> an, an extremely good-looking Greek man or something like that. <laughs> and here, speaking of being catfished, okay, I've got a bone to pick with you judges. So I spoke to her, um, and I was like, it was before before you had responded, I was like, Lee judges has definitely fucked my mom. So <laughs> didn't, didn't we talk about this on Ryan Fletcher's twenty four hour podcast? We did, like yes, that? but for our own audience, okay. So essentially, what happened was it was my dad's anniversary, um, and I put up a picture, and and judges sends it to the WhatsApp group. Who's this girl? Which everyone knows that's like bro code for, I, yeah. Is she available? And, yeah, no, no, it's happened oh. already. Um, <laughs> so we're currently waiting a paternity test, DNA test to come back. <laughs> Man, judges. So I'm gonna call him Daddy for this episode anyway. But um, was oh, she a nice God. lady? Was she? Was she everything? She's a saint. Do you know? Do you know what I did? Um, you know, like let's let's get this out in the open. Like, uh, <laughs> I have not. It, it, it wasn't your mum, like you know what I mean. But the, the, <laughs> the woman that I, the woman that I showed you the picture of, it's uncanny, isn't it? It Come is. On, yeah, it's quite like yeah. it was unbelievable. Like what? For the, for the audience now, no, I, I don't even think so. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put them up on the screen if you give me just a minute. Or so. Do yeah, you mind if fine. I put up the screen of the other person? Yeah, yeah, don't mind. Oh, I wasn't asking you for your permission. I when I was asking Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I I genuinely thought it was her, and I thought, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, my mom's let herself go from. From back then, God love her. Uh, she's she's great. Like I love the woman. She's a saint, but a fucking a wooden rider in the battle. Um, so <laughs> she's a no. She's a lovely woman. So all right, while while I'm working on the logistics of getting these pictures up, and 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 it is creepy because at the bottom of it it says, "Oh, and who is this woman?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me so concerned. And what made me more concerned was I asked her because it was with her at the time that I came through. I was like, "Do you know Lee Judges?" <laughs> and her face got a bit straight. I went, "Oh no." He may have gone by Randy back in those days, but <laughs> but uh, so while I'm getting this all set up. Um, you all have started a new YouTube channel, um, you know, because A, there's not enough YouTube channels, and B, you guys aren't famous enough. Um, but, I mean, I have to ask the question. It's called Lee Judges TV. How long did it take you to come up with that name? Right. What, what, was the, what was the thought process? The, the, thought process the thought process to this was, 
Right. I didn't want to call it Lee Judge's TV. I wanted to call it the Judge like TV, right? But some you Americans over there have got some bloody program called the Judge, right? So <laughs> can, uh, I think it's so Judge Judy Yanks, or something like. That. Right, you know, down to you, you Yanks, right? Uh, meant that I couldn't do that. You know, plastics, I mean? so, plastic. I mean, just say plastics. We know that that's what you meant. So that was the end of that, like you know, um, and then. Um, someone said to me, which is very, very important. I, I think it might have even been um, Harry. I think might have said it. Well, it down and said, "Look, if you've got to keep it to the to, to your name, because it will get more, more." Uh, if you know, have a name and 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 you do, yeah, yeah, it's more, yeah, more interaction with the name. And we didn't want to go down the, the route of just it being Arsenal related stuff. So, like by doing. I wasn't expecting such a thorough answer to this question. I'm thorough. I am now a professional on all this sort of stuff. You won't get me messing up names today and all that. Like, I've done an education. I'm actually on a, um investigation journalist course next week. So like all these things are happening now, you know. So Jeez, uh, man. The guy I mean the guy the guy came over to the States specifically just to try a baconator because exactly. I've been talking to him about it. So I, I, I will say that that Lee doesn't, you know, he's not half ass. He goes for the experience. How come I mean there's no no potshub.com or 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 judge tube or or arsenal.hairless.co.uk I mean that none of those other options you know, are available do you know what it says it says it says it on the tin and I'm <laughs> going to say this now it's been quite successful so up yours on the name right and everything like that well once we you finally got through once you finally got through the, uh, the 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 summer and got to where your face was popping up on AFTV constantly it's been on off the charts and 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 yeah I mean look you guys aren't just doing the same programming either one of the things i like about channels and i always talk about it i try to do it on this channel but i don't have the i don't have the bandwidth to be able to do multiple pods in a week and i mean i you know but what what like sophie does with and, and kev with the highbury squad and what you guys are doing with your channel is you're bringing different types of comment content content different levels of uh you know of, of other people coming in so it's not just the same faces all the time and uh, and I like that. So Dan, I mean, tell me a little bit about kind of what different content is on there, just besides the two of you talking about Arsenal and mm. and um, you know and, and ending every sentence in an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um we wanted to try and get. Uh, I'll go on. I'll let you do this first. Go on. Okay. Yeah. By the way, the, one of these is. Owen's mom, and the other is someone who apparently looks like Owen's mom. I don't see it. Do that again. Oh, an- I will get another picture up. Like, it was the only picture that I could get. Like, do you know what I mean? Why does like, the chat give us a um, a liking rating or like <laughs> how much they look alike out of ten? Yeah, this is like the time that I went to Wendy's and ordered a baconator from a guy who I thought looked exactly Listen, like Theo Walcott. I am going to get another photo because like it is incredibly. They look alike, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't I, believe it I, when I I'm not it. seeing it. I, I you're still four years ago I took a picture. I still think you're lying, Lee. I took a picture of this guy who I thought looked like a dead ringer for a young Theo Walcott, and the second I tweeted it out, people started calling me racist and like 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 whatever that referee's name that got Gibbs and, and Chambo messed up. I mean, they, I shouldn't have done that, but but uh, but yeah, I'm not seeing it there. But you know, congratulations to you for polling them both. Um, <laughs> 
So Dan, sorry, you were you were saying. Yeah, man, listen, it's 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 one of those it's one of those things where we wanted obviously to do Arsenal content, but we didn't just want to do Arsenal, so we thought what we'd do is bring a couple of bits extra to it. Me and Lee have done quite a lot of uh kind of days out, events out. Obviously, me and Lee are always on the show together as well. And there's some kind of studio stuff that's been going on, just getting to know some different influencers. So uh, Lee Judges has been kind of interviewing them, finding out about their life and their background and what got them into podcasts. But we've also got some other ideas coming up where we're going to get some other ex. Uh, yeah, there it is. He's, him and his, his gravel, as he calls it, not a gavel. Uh, and uh, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of content um, coming up as well with, with different kind of opposition fans, some quizzes, some uh, other influencers coming on, some ex-players, some famous people, you name it, um, it's happening. So it should be an uh, exciting adventure for me and Lee, to be honest with you. When, when are you guys doing your 24-hour podcast? <laughs> Oh now, God! Now that every, now that everybody's that, been doing big it, up for that. Big well, up no, for I wasn't. That. I wasn't fishing for a call. I'm just saying, like that's the new thing now. Every, you know, everyone's doing a 24 hour podcast, so you gotta you gotta get on that. Well, that's your um, idea. So you you started that trend, you know? What I mean? Actually, actually, it was it was it was this guy's idea right here. Um, Listen, and, fantastic, and that's what you need to be doing. I think it's, you 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 hit the nail right on the head there when you turned around and said, "There's lots of." podcasts lots of channels out there like you know you have to look to do something different and invent things and that and and by you doing that look i think it's a massive compliment that other people are going down that route now um because that shows you that you've been um superb in what you've done innovate in what's the word innovative or whatever like you know yeah innovation creativity i mean you know we yeah we know sophie is is just bursting with different ideas um I see it already coming from your guys' channel. It's, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there, there are no barriers of entry to podcasting, and we certainly haven't figured it out um, no, about how to grow an audience. But, but we're, but we're doing it to try to just do something different that isn't, you know, isn't the same thing available on every single channel. And no. you know, when new people get into the podcasting game and they sit there in front of a camera and they talk about their opinions on the game, to me, I'm just like, you know, look, everyone, I'm not going to start gatekeeping. That's the last thing I want to do, especially. That's, yeah, because we're literally about to talk about a football match. Well, right, but but like <laughs> you know, I I just I think I think it is unless you have a following, it the the only way to really to 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 make sure that people are going to be interested in is to do something different than what everyone else is doing. That doesn't mean you have to do that. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it if you're not doing that. Everybody can, will, you know, and the market forces of supply and demand will take over from there. But uh, but anyway, uh, as I almost slip into gatekeeping in a show where I was railing against gatekeeping, I think we'll move on. We'll move on to Arsenal and Norwich, and uh, you know, and and feel free chat if you know of anyone else that Lee Judges has banged. Uh, you know, please bring it up. And <laughs> so that is out of order, yeah. And we'll stop the show. We'll stop there's the show. Children, and, there's uh, children scattered all over the world, like bald Arsenal loving look children. Man, I, I, I had to literally, I had to extract my daughter from his grip. I was extremely unconvinced. Until she's, tw- she's 20. She's 20. She's not, you know. I was unconvinced until I seen the memes of him getting angry. And I was like, that's where I get my fucking temper from. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Owen, uh, all, Owen uh, all of a sudden uh, wanted to I'm kick DT's ass. Show, 
and being taken the mickey out of again, like you know what I mean, after failing never to do it again, like you know what I mean. You well, should know, would be respectful. <laughs> you're at me again now, you know no, we, <laughs> would ne- we would we would never do such a thing so we want we want to hear and we got about 20 25 minutes to talk about rampant rampant arsenal on saturday um the the arsenal of old you know the 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 dominant taking every chance is arsenal that that finally is back and and the process is is done we're there right oh right owen i mean oh yeah 100%. that's my take we're staying up um according to my happy <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, no, but and also, look, we're breaking this down um, quite late after the game. We should almost maybe be doing a preview for the weekend. But Dan, initial reactions to that performance? You know, the, even now I'm still seeing the fan base divided. Believe it or not, you know, some people are falling into the category of it was just good for Arsenal to finally get a win on the board and get those nerves um, sort of shaken out a bit. And then others saying that that performance just wasn't up to scratch against a very underwhelming Norwich team. Which sort of camp do you fall into? I think you can be in a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, I mean, and listen, I was in the camp of I just wanted to win that game. Um, everybody knows my stance on the management. I don't think he's good enough, but it doesn't mean I want Arsenal to lose so that he gets sacked because that, to me, is an absolute disgrace that those fans actually exist. And they do, trust me. Yeah. Um, so I wanted us to win. We did win, and I was happy with the win. Um, one thing that I can take as a positive is we actually saw the new players that we signed because I had this real bad feeling that they'd all be on the bench and we'd see glimpses of them but actually to start them was a massive statement for me um for me starting Ramsdale is probably the the biggest positive that I've seen this manager do uh, as a statement because that to me says Leno doesn't want to sign he's out of here at some point this guy's our man. We spent £24 million on him and he did his job. He wasn't an outstanding performance, but it's okay for a first Premier League game in an Arsenal shirt. I didn't think he did much wrong. I can say the same for Ben White and Gabriel. But we have to remember, don't we, that it's only Norwich City and we have to remember that some of these players that actually gave a performance, um, I remember raving over Danny Ceballos when he played against Burnley in his first game and look what happened to him. And there's been other examples of that as well. So we do have to you know, reserve some judgment for me, though, Tommy Asu was really lively when he came on. I was really impressed with what I saw from him. And me and Lee disagree on this most weeks, but I'm a Nicolas Pepe fan. And I know that he gets a lot of stick and his touch was awful at times, but he is our most threatening player. And if it wasn't for him, Arteta would be facing the sack because it would have been nil-nil because he's tr- created the only goal of the game. So I think Aubameyang looked sharp and there was some real positive performance from a a couple of individuals, but we are still lacking goals, Owen, and that is the worrying part for me going forward. It's not so much that we're looking like um, we are going to concede four or five, like sometimes we did uh, under Unai Emery and Arsene Wenger, but certainly going forward, it's not looking great. Saka doesn't score. Pepe struggling to score. Smith-Rowe struggling to score. Aubameyang scored one now. That's it. Um, we haven't seen enough of Martinelli, Lacazette or Aubameyang to see that they're going to be scoring or providing any goals. But the one big positive for me is Thomas Partey. And if we can keep Thomas Partey fit, I think we will be in a better position um, than we are currently because I think we need him badly to start playing. Do you think, Lee, that the that, that the lack of goal scoring capability and the, the, the fact that at most we're maybe looking to nick a 1-0 win or, or, or 2-1 is down more to the midfield or to the attack? Uh, because, I mean, we haven't really had a midfield. It just seems that there's no continuity between the back and the front. 
and that can obviously lead to you know lead to struggles putting the ball in the net if uh, no matter who your front three or four or five are. Yeah, I, I, I think that we've. Um, I think it, the trouble we've got at the moment, if you're a forward, the, the manager's too cautious. And I think that even against Norwich, you know, it was a cautious lineup. When you look at it, defensively, two midfield players in there, along with a back four. So that's six defensive players against Norwich that are coming to park the bus. Now, after 60 minutes, credit to him, he changed it and put on um, Smith Rowe. And I, I, and I think that um, and Partey and, and Smith Rowe, um, I think Partey gets a lot of credit for, his, for that, but the actual runs that Smith Rowe was making created. And I think that what he's got to do, particularly at home, is try and find a way of getting more attacking players into the team to give it. I, I, I think with Tom, uh, sorry, with um, Pepe, Pepe got really dangerous in that last 20 minutes because 20, 25 minutes, because, you know, there's a bit more space for him, like, you know, because defenders are not having to concentrate on him too much when, when you've got Smith Rowe taking runners and things like that and making runs in to create space. But the fact of the matter is, I, I you know, my, I'm not really criticizing, I am criticizing Pepe, but I'm not because, you know, I don't think it's his fault. I think he's being stifled. I, I really do. I think that, you know, um, look at um, all of the forwards. Don't matter who that you put in there, whether it be Saka, uh, Smith Rowe, uh, Pepe, Abamyang struggled um, in this system. Um, Lacazette struggled in the system. Martinelli struggled in this system. Name one attacking player that under Mikel Arteta has flourished. None of them. No, you so can't. Huh? They've all been per. And, yeah, uh... they've all been per. But so that tells me. That tells me. <laughs> that tells me that there, there's something not quite right because, you know, you look at other teams and they've... Look at um, Manchester United. I know that he's a world-class player, Ronaldo, but he's been given freedom. He ain't worried. He ain't got to get the ball... Uh, sorry, he ain't got to get chased back and cover his left back, has he? Or he ain't got to come back into midfield or drop into midfield or drop into this when we've got this or chase the ball. I watched Martinelli the other week running around like a... A blue ass fly trying to get cut down space. Well, and, things and, like that, and, and that, you know, for for some time, and and probably as long as he's there, Manchester United's focus will be on getting the ball and attacking areas to Ronaldo. Uh, that will never be the case with Martinelli, uh, just based on his pedigree. They're not the, the 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 strategy right now for United, and it, sometimes it'll work, and sometimes, as we saw yesterday, it might not. No, uh, is is you know, you know is about one person now. You look at that. You can never look at Man United yesterday, and 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 there's a little bit. There's a little bit in that where he went cautious in the game. You know what I mean? Like it sets out very very positive, and then changes his way to caution. Mikel Arteta sets up very very cautious. I think that when, when I look at Mikel Arteta, I think that as a manager looking at him and co- the way he coaches and all that, he's more worried about losing the game than winning the game. That's my opinion. I think that he worries about let's not lose this game. So, uh, rather than go out there and win it. Now, the game I felt on on Saturday, the fans were fantastic. I've got to say that. They're absolutely fantastic. But they were just starting to turn, just starting to get a little bit frustrated when he made those substitutions and it changed. And then it was free-flowing and tacking. And do you know what I'm going to say? That last 20 minutes was entertaining. For the first time I watched an Arsenal game, it was a little bit end-to-end. We was making and creating a few chances. And in the last 20 minutes, we could have actually won it by more. But ultimately, 
you know, you, you look at the first half and, and it's, well, hold on a minute here. We're at home against Norwich. This 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 is what I look at and this is what worries me about Mikel Arteta and, and, and his cronies that he's got along the line. Um, it ain't rocket science that Norwich were going to come there for a point, right? That's, that, let's get that out there uh, for that. Well, when your goalkeeper after 15 minutes is wasting time, that tells you something. That tells me a lot. You know what I mean? Like after 15 minutes, he's wasting time on goal kicks and that, what they're coming for. Do you have to wait 60 minutes to make those substitutions? Why not do them at half time? Be yeah. bold, be brave, be a, be inventive, be attack minded. Well, Arsenal play like a boxer who, you know, who probably knows that they're the better boxer, but they're, but, but they don't want to get hit with a haymaker in round one exactly. and, and, right. and go down. So, so, so there's a, there's a little, there's a little, well, and, and it's, like a bo- it's like a boxer who, uh, you know, who likes, to, who likes to do construction. But it's, it's a little rope-a-dope. It's a little like, you know, a lot of blocking, a lot of boring, you know, and, and sometimes if you're the better team with the better art firepower, you just have to, you have to try to put them away early and mm. Arsenal will not try to put anyone away early even when we ought to be able to do that. And and the times that I guess maybe maybe the reason for that is because how many times have we seen us, you know, and I think this happened against uh, Brentford maybe uh, or, or even against Chelsea where we do kind of have the bit between our teeth a little early on and then get absolutely sucker punched. Uh, on, so there, there's a little bit of, of, of worry about that. And when we're playing Norwich and when we're playing Burnley and we're playing teams that, that we should be looking at as flat track teams, um, you know, sometimes going for the knockout early is what's best for confidence, even when, if it when, doesn't work out. The big point on your back of, of you know, those bad results, it, it's very easy to get swept into that sort of pragmatic approach. And I do think Mikel Arteta is a pragmatic manager. But what I'm going to try and do here is produce a miracle and get Dan Potts to give... Mikel, uh, Mikel Arteta a compliment um, right? because we know Dan's stance on the manager and I align with Dan but Dan we're talking about the negatives after a win and I want to go to maybe something that I saw was quite a brave and positive decision you mentioned there Sorry, Lee. Aaron, Aaron well, Ramsdale that's, that, that, no, but that's what you get for sleeping with my mom. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's someone that just tuned in about 45 seconds ago. <laughs> I know. Everyone thinks that Lee's an absolute baller. But uh, well, good. no, the willingness to hold back Thomas Partey, Dan, um, was something that I was quite impressed with because everybody was saying this is a must-win game. Mikel Arteta, I think, by his demeanour, was obviously feeling the pressure not only to remove... Thomas Partey and not throw him straight in in a must-win game, but they had that responsibility to Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who has been crying out for um, a run-out in that position. Do you think that that was sort of um, quite admirable from Mikel Arteta? And what did you make of maybe Ainsley Maitland-Niles' um, performance while he was standing in there? So I think when I saw the team line-up, it wasn't just Ramsdale that was the big shock. It was also not seeing Thomas Party. I think with Ainsley Maitland-Niles coming into the mix after what had happened towards the end of the transfer window, I really thought that was going to be a situation where we would potentially have an unsettled or unhappy player being rotten in the reserves. But actually to be giving him that chance proves that he actually does have a place in this squad, whether it be a, a backup right back, first team right back, wing back, or a defensive midfield or centre midfield. 
and I liked what I saw from him because he's one of these players that gives 110% no matter where he plays. And that's what I like about him. I think he's been mismanaged and I think the manager's mismanaged quite a few players, if I'm honest with you. But to be fair, we saw him come into the team. The manager's given him that chance in that game and he played very well. A lot of people said they didn't think he had a great game. I don't really know why. I, I thought him and Lukonga both looked athletic in midfield. And for me, I much prefer it than Granite Chaka because I know Chaka and Party are going to be there against Spurs. But I do not prefer... Um, sorry, I do prefer to see Lukonga in that midfield. I think he's been our best player this season, uh, in my opinion, and the games that I've seen. Uh, and I don't believe that he deserves to be dropped for that. So I am going to give Arteta credit for putting Ramsdale and Ainsley Maitland-Niles into that side. But I am not seeing Owen enough to convince me that we have got a playing style that we're moving forward. And Lee made a great point bringing up Manchester United. Do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Arteta being replaced? You'd see Arsenal and Manchester United do that. Because Ma Manchester United <laughs> should be doing in my opinion, a 4-0 against Young Boys and Arsenal should be doing a 3 or 4-0 against Norwich and we're not seeing it because I don't believe that the managers are good enough. And it's nothing against the managers. The managers will both be managers other than Manchester United and Arsenal. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will get another job. Mikel Arteta will definitely get another job because Mikel Arteta is only going to get better because of his age. So it's not like you know we never want to see these managers doing well at other clubs. I just don't want to see them at Arsenal. And I know, speaking to the majority of Manchester United fans, as much as they love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because of what he did at the club, they don't really want him there. They would take Antonio... Co Both clubs would take Antonio Conte now if you offered him to him. And trust me, they would do that up the table. I don't know that you can really credit Ole with the... Uh, we're on a first-name basis. Ole, <laughs> I mean, with, with, with how Manchester United has done. I mean, like, like, like whoever... And, and I think... Did Woodward leave around the whole Super League thing? But, the, you know, but the... The player additions that they've made, which I mean, it's not like they're playing Moneyball or anything. It's not like they're being shrewd. They just they just went and bought Bruno Fernandez. That was a that was a good uh, addition. Ronaldo was an obvious addition at the price that he was going to be. Um, you know, Veron, all those things that they've done should make the team better than they were before they had those players, and it has. I just don't I don't think that's really down to, like say, to him suddenly say, oh, being a great coach. And you, and you make a good point because you say, I don't think we should be giving, saying that it's down to Wally for what he's done. What has he done? I, 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 I don't know. Anything. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't know that he's any know. better of a coach now than he was when they were almost about to sack him when they were, what, in eighth yeah. or ninth or tenth or whatever we are now? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I think that when you look at what Tuchel's done with Chelsea with the same team pretty much. I know he's bought a couple of players now, but at the time he went and won in the Champions League, got them cemented into the top four, and I thought they were going to win the FA Cup as well. And you look at that, you think... Uh, for edgy mum's door, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, you look at what he's done. That was, I would that have expected maybe a few more minutes that you'd be gone, but 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 knowing you... I mean, no, it won't hurt, it won't hurt. She's a good woman. I like that, I like that. Um, so, so that that that's me wrapping that up, saying that I believe that uh, that the manager has a massive amount to uh, to be improved upon, and I think that we can do that quite easily. I think there's a lot, you know, a lot of people say we're not going to get Conte. That's fine. It doesn't mean that we have to keep Arteta if things go wrong against Burnley and Spurs. It's not like there's no one else, guys. I'm sorry, we're stuck with him for the rest of the season. There's quite a lot of managers that would be better than this guy, in my opinion, that can implement a style. And I don't really see. If I'm honest with you, so I ask you free a question, I don't see many managers worse in this league 
than Mikel Arteta. And this is Arsenal we're talking about, not Watford or, or you know, Huddersfield. I, or, yeah, I just don't know, know how, I don't know how you put that on a level playing field to be able to judge that. There, you know, that, that tweet and that statement that came out where, where he was ranked 19th out of 20, what that was, was not a judgment of how good of a manager they were. They were about, it, it had to do, I forget what the actual voting was, but, you know, whether, whether you wanted to keep him or not. And whether you want to keep somebody or not at Norwich is a different decision than whether you want to keep somebody or not at Arsenal. So to say that, you know, that 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 they were that he was 19th didn't mean that he's the 19th best manager. But you very well may think that he's the 19th best manager. I just don't know how to compare because the jobs are so different depending on the club that you're at. The jobs are different depending on the life cycle of 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 the club that you're at. And Arsenal's certainly mm-hmm. in a life cycle situation where we are at a at a low in a, in what we've seen before of a rise and fall and rise and fall situation, whereas two or three clubs have decided, especially in the last five years, but starting before that, that they're never going to let that cycle happen because they're just going to throw money, sick money, at the situation to, to keep it from ever happening. And that's Chelsea United and, um, and, and City. Uh, you know, Liverpool may be more subject to those cycles, and we've seen it after – uh, you know, with Dalgleish and and Brendan Rodgers and the downs, and then finally uh, making some sales and the cycle coming back up, and we almost now may start to see it heading back down again uh, at Liverpool. It's you know it, it's cyclical for any team that that is running a club like we do, and and so you know again I I don't think you could really judge coaches based you on free, that. Free, you get three types of fans, Mike, don't you? You get the ones that are the over-ambitious, that want Conte or Simeone, that's all they're going to go for. They want to be back at the top. They're living in the 90s and the 2000s. And that's, and that's, not, that, that's not overly ambitious. That is overly entitled, in my opinion. There's a mm. difference. Because mm. um, ambition from a fan has, I mean, I, and this is something that you and I may 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 disagree on a little bit, and and I think we've even talked about it. I think the use of the word ambition, and I'm starting to kind of go back into the Gav thing of what you know what fans talk about. The use of the word ambition, we I have no control over what the club does. So whether I'm ambitious or not, whether I want us to spend, I would love for us to spend a billion dollars on all the best players, get mm-hmm. the manager with the best thing. But I'm but I'm not upset that we're not doing that. Because there's a reality involved, and it doesn't, I, I you know, and and to, to call people ambitious, I, was, I didn't mean to jump on you for this, but no, 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 you're fine, and and I and I agree the con- the converse is that if you don't want those things, or if you don't think those things are realistic, that you're somehow unambitious or settling, and that or that's you've where accepted, I accepted accepted mediocrity, mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. that's and that's that, where and I that's the, and that's the thing that, and I've been, I've, I've said that before to uh, to fans because there are a lot of opinions that have been brought up about how happy they are with with the way we are and how they've accepted, they've accepted what's happening at the club. I think when you, so you've got three sets of fans. You've got the no ones one's that happy are, with where we are. Over. No one is happy where we were. Well, you'd be surprised, Mike. Um, <laughs> you've got another. You've got the the next set of fans who have accepted if we use that word that uh we're in a mess and we're always going to be in a mess and we can't do better than arteta and then you've got the fans that i just don't understand that one minute will laugh at antonio conte because he can't come and then they'll laugh at graham potter because he's not good enough which one is it like well, come yeah. on you do you know what i mean so you can't win with like with those sort of fans so you've either got to be the I've accepted where we are at the moment and I think that we're on a on a, a kind of project here and the Arteta's the guy and I can see improvement, I can see progress. 
that's fine if you are that. I mean, I don't know what games you're watching, but that's your opinion. For me, I'm kind of, no, I've seen enough. I've seen 20 months that I need to change now um, because I can see another ninth or 10th place currently the way I'm looking at football. So I don't want another ninth or 10th place. I'd like to try and progress into Europe because I believe that this team is good enough to be into the top six. That's just the way I see it on paper. And I think if West Ham are good enough under David Moyes, Arsenal would be good enough under a better manager with much better players than what West Ham have got in the squad to, to move us forward. So that's where I'm standing. It. Sorry, I'm hogging. I'm hogging now. Go oh, yeah, okay. Move on to Lee. Uh, I, I, I was just going to, I was even going to throw it over to Lee. Lee, I think you're like the majority of fans at the minute where you would prefer to see a change of manager at the minute. But realistically, now that this Norwich result has sort of hit the pressure at least, Valve, um, with any immediate change coming, where do you see the the club drawing the line in the sand and saying enough's enough? Is it if we lose against Burnley and then and then those lot down the road? Or, or where do you think the, the club will draw the yeah. line with Mikel Arteta? I've had a lot of real... A lot of thought about things and all that. I can, do you know what? And, I, and people have not convinced me, but I've had, you know, conversation. I get the result against Norwich. I get that it's got to be a little bit cautious. I get that, you know, it was all about getting the three points. So I, I take that on board. He's had a week's full, another week full of training, another week um, full of uh, getting the players into the system, what he works for, and all that. So what I want to see now is, is improvement against, uh, uh, against Burnley. And then against Spurs, three or four games. I'm sorry, but if he doesn't beat Burnley, he doesn't beat Spurs. For me, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Um... Well, I'm not even ready to contemplate that as a possibility. But yeah, I mean, it. it, it my my line with Arteta, and the reason that I think I have a longer leash than than many people, including the three of you, uh, is is simple. Well, it, it's it's a couple things. It's mental protectionism of my own sanity. Uh, I just don't. I, I just don't want to. I want things to be better. I, I'm. I'm thinking more about what I want to have happen than what I, you know, think might happen. The other is the constant evaluation that there are circumstances, not all of which are down to Arteta. Um, and and again, this could be seen as me making excuses, but you know, I, I I lost it after our game against Manchester City. I I said it's time to go, and and I still think it probably is. Yeah. Uh, because of not because of the fact that it was five nil, not because of anything, but but just the 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 lack of absolute pride in 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 putting the shirt on that I saw from that team that day. Two things and, saved him that day. Two two things saved. Three things have saved him: Chelsea, Man City, and no and no players. Well, right. and right, and 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 if you are firm in your belief and you're entitled to be that, so that's what that, so that's what I think that the board have done. He's now got his his his, his players in. What I will say with him, uh, and this is where I'm coming from now, he has his back four that he wants playing now. Right? That's his back four. So if I hope it's gonna, his back five. I, I hope I hope that includes well, Ramsdale. Whether it be his back five or not. No, I, no, I mean I mean Ramsdale. I, yeah, I, mean, I hope that's his back five. I, I, you know, whether it be Leno or Ramsdale, I you know I don't. I've not seen enough of Ramsdale to say he's better than Leno or worse. So I, we, we go with that. If that's the way he's going to go with it, that tells me then you don't need to shore it, shore it up against teams like Norwich. Game seems like Norwich with extra defenders in midfield. You don't need to do it. You know, Maitland-Niles is a defensive midfield player. I don't think you need to do that. You know what I mean? Like when you've got when you've also got like uh, uh, Lekonga in there, and you've also got uh, Partey to come back in there. Like yeah, you only need one of them because you know why? You've got your, your reliable back four 
to to steal it up. But it's the I first time that four has ever played together, though. That's right. I can understand. He could turn around and say to the board and say things like, well, I've had to put extra defenders in there because I haven't got the right defenders. That excuse now is gone. So now he's got to make sure that he defends, <laughs> he's got that defensive up properly, and then he can go on and get results. Now, I, I don't care, and I... I I don't care if Arsenal win 1-0 against Burnley because, do you know what? I love them to win 3 or 4-0, but good teams go away from it. It's not an easy place to go. Let's get this right. You know what I mean? Like, I tell you this now. It will, even the top teams will win 1-2-0, two, two like, you know. Get a, get another clean sheet, get a result, and then you've got another little, another little brick in the foundation and then go against Spurs. But what, how I see it, and this is what I see with Mikel Arteta, if you've got games in a in a league, forget about you, you, you've you've basically saying we ain't going to beat Chelsea and we're not going to beat um, Man City, right? <clears throat> That's what everybody's sort of saying because they're the top team. So okay, the next games are Norwich, Burnley, Tottenham, Brighton, Aston Villa, and Crystal Palace. So what you're saying now, you can't win those games. Uh, on top of the games of the big games, that's my problem. He's got well, we will we Nick. will win those games because I'll be there and we don't lose games yeah, when no, I'm in town. So this is what not, I'm saying. Not home games. He's got to go and win these five games. And if not win those five games, he's got to win four out of those five games, you know, and draw the other one. I want to see an unbeaten run there of five, six games. I want to see if you're capable of doing that without Europe because you've got training every week. So the players are going to be nicely rested and not fatigued and all that. You've got the League Cup game against uh, Wimbledon, Wimbledon, where Kevin Campbell's done us a right big favour by giving us that team because we can now just rest a few players in between that and, and, and play a few um, of the squad players. So to get I love them, that we're crediting Kevin for that. that yeah, I, mean, that's, yeah well, I am. Like, you know what I mean? like, that was know, awesome. Absolutely surreal. Uh, that day when I'm texting him before, as that's going on, don't you mess this up, Campbell. Don't you mess this up. Right? Do you know what I mean? And, it, and like, you know, then he's going back. Is that one? Was you happy with that one? I said that do like, you know what I mean? It's surreal. But that's another, that's another thing. So from, from me now, get those results, get them done. And then we can see where you are. Now, if he start, if we, if we, it's no good luck winning one nil against Norwich and then going to Burnley and losing, then drawing and losing to Spurs. For me, I want to see something over these next four or five games that are going to say to me yes or no. And yeah, I don't care. And, 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 there's no, and there would have been no benefit in us doing Norwich 5-0 like we probably should have and then coming out and, and, and dropping points against Burnley either. The key for me against Norwich was a clean sheet. That's the key for me, like. Do you know what I mean? Like, key for me won. was a win. Yeah, the, of the, course the it clean, is. Like, we the could clean have sheet was... Yeah. We could have won that game 3-0, Mike, and the performance still would have... People would turn around and still say the performance wasn't that great, and rightly so. There was times in that game, 15 minutes into that game, you know, you could have gone home uh, or, or gone and had a few beers and come back at half-time because nothing was going to happen until half-time. That, that's got to change. That has yeah. got, you oh, cannot agree. go into a, to uh, Emirates paying top, top money after a 15-minute uh, inject a rush of blood, you know what I mean, like when the adrenaline is flowing and when the game settles down, you don't know how to um, <clears throat> break down a team. Uh, that's not acceptable in my book no more. There's, there's been enough time for you now on the training field to know what's going to be there. Also, you put up little uh, uh, alternatives. You know what's going to happen. Like you, you, you do a coaching session 
if you're 1-0 up. You're a coaching session if you're 1-0 down. You're a coaching session when you're 2-0 up. How you play that game. So he's had more time and time than that to know how to go. So after 20 minutes, you're still not, you've not broken, broken them down. Right, we try this and we try this. I didn't see that. So I want to start seeing things like that, and we, and we don't, we don't know, we don't know that that's not happening, but but it but it doesn't show in the, well, it in the play. Show on the game it, it, right. They were clueless. They were I clueless. think I think I think the you know the time and and we could we could have said this at any point in the last twelve months really, but the time for excuses is over at this point. Knock on wood, he has a healthy squad. He has players in that have solidified their position. I mean, it's early to say that with Tomasayu, but, but uh, um, you know, it certainly seems to be someone who's not going to be replaced in the next game by Chambers or, or uh, by Cedric or something like that. And so if we see, if we can see the same back four plus goalie, if we could uh, goaltender, if we could see uh, the return of Thomas Partey and, and if everyone can remain healthy, there's no more hiding. There's no more. The opponents are better than we are. They spend more money than we are. There's a flat track coming plus Tottenham, you know, uh, and we have to take advantage of it. And if, if they don't, there's only going to be one explanation. And that is that he's not, he's either making poor uh, personnel moves, like putting Granite Xhaka back in against Tottenham when he's, when he's eligible, you know, if, if Lakanga has two good games in the meantime, you know, those are the, he could only get in his own way. I feel like he, if he just does what he's doing and lets this, the team play and doesn't overcomplicate it, one of those unbeaten runs, you know, or 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 thirteen points out of fifteen could easily be coming our way. And if it doesn't, I think he should absolutely be judged. Going back to really what we said last year, which is that most people who didn't want to sack him over the summer were going to give him until November, December, and I could still see that playing out. So. We didn't really talk about the Norwich game very much in detail, but uh, but I you know I, I I think the state of the club and, and Arteta is obviously the more relevant discussion. So, um, Owen, anything else you want to add before we? Uh... Oh, I'll have a bet with you now that Shaka plays against Spurs. Oh, I do too, and it's going to drive me absolutely crazy. I'd rather bet somebody and me take me take the side that he plays, and someone else say that he won't, so that I can at least win money in my misery. Uh, because you know he's he's going to be the first name on the team sheet as soon as he's eligible to play, and that is the one you know not the one but one of the things I just is indefensible in my eyes about about Arteta. But he's going to do what he's going to do. It's if if he if he dies on that hill, then then it's so be it. It's on his head, be it, isn't it? Whatever he does now, he's not got uh, more excuses. And we heard a lot, didn't we? I was done after, uh, well, I was done a long time ago, but I thought he should have been sacked after Villarreal. Didn't happen. And we heard the excuses of, well, the pandemic, and this isn't his team. He needs more players. He's got the players. We've come out the end of the pandemic. We're looking like now he's, he can actually say that this is his team. Um, and he's had a pre-season now, which apparently was another excuse he didn't have last season. So I don't think there's anything more now. And um, I've not seen enough in these first few games to see that he's going to be safe. I think it's a matter of time. It's not if he's going to get sacked. It's just what game is it going to be? Uh, and that could be in six months' time or six games' time or six days' time. Who knows? We got uh, the one user question we're going to highlight today is from John Smythe, uh, who will be meeting meeting up with us. I think for Villa, Villa that Villa game is going to be stacked. It's going to be. Cra- I mean, I know so many people coming in from out of town to co- to go to that game. 
hang out. I mean, we're going to have to pick a pub, and it's just going to be like my head's going to be on a swivel with all the people uh, like that we're going to be seeing. As, as long as the form and orderly line, I'm going to sign. Right, right. That's, that's, yeah. Um, I, I, told, I told Owen we'll set up a table at the uh, at the Tallington or at the Pins and just, you know, we'll have our Sharpies and we'll be ready to go. That's all I know it. I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah, Friday yeah, that's unfortunate uh, that it's that late in the evening, but uh, but it'll make it'll make for a long pregame. It's just not not a really long postgame. But John wants to ask when the Sutton United part starts. Uh, now, Lee, having having come with me for Sutton United to to watch their game when they were a non-league team, have you been following them at all this year? Oh yeah, I have, of course. Yeah, I, you know, I mean um, they're finding it a little bit tough in the in Division Two at the moment, but um, not anymore. Not anymore. They're two wins on the trot. They're they're up to like like twelfth oh, or thirteenth out of twenty four. They are uh, no, they played last night. Uh, oh, they, they played beat, last night. They beat. Uh, oh shoot, who did they beat? I've already forgotten because because they they beat them. But uh, but yeah, so we're we're definitely. I'm dragging you down there again in October because there's going to Gander Green Lane as a as a League I team. Harleypool last night. Yeah, Harleypool. Yeah. So Dan, you're coming. We, you know, you, you, we had to, we have to make a substitution in the group of people that go down to Sutton, a forced substitution, and I won't go into it more than that. But see if they're playing on Saturday. But uh, no, I we're 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 going to yeah, go we're because we're 100 go down there, like you know, um, that was a. Um, a good laugh that was, and um, very very enjoyable, <laughs> like you know. So uh, and 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 good football, really surprisingly good football compared to what I was expecting. Um, yeah, but the uh, yeah, we're gonna have some bloggers on from Sutton United because I really have adopted them kind of as my as my favorite non Arsenal team. Uh, I just hope that they're not higher up in the football pyramid than we are in about three or four years. <laughs> that could certainly be the case. Have um, they still got the old uh, the old Arsenal lads, Eastman and Deacon, or have they yeah. just long gone? Roy Deacon has left, but Eastman is the captain. He, we've been trying to get him on this podcast because, and it's not, not, not as a piss take. I'd love to talk to him about what it's like to, you know, to have your youth career and break into the border of the first team at Arsenal, um, and then kind of settle in at a club, you know. And he's he's their leader. He's their captain. Uh, he's been there for four or five years, pretty much the longest tenured player there other than maybe one or two, and uh, and I'd love to love to chat with him about it. We ch- he came chatted down with him. Chat- oh, didn't he? He came, he came in the yeah. bar and had a chat with us, didn't he? Like, you know, so it's a very, very friendly club, to be fair. Very, very friendly. And, um, you know, uh, all the players come over and spoke to us and all that, didn't they? So, um, no, it was, it was fun, and and, um, and, and we're, we'll do that again. We have the, the bloggers from there, Gandermonium, those folks that, uh, you know, that, that I introduced you to. They'll be coming on the pod about a in a week or two just to kind of talk about you know, it used to be proper non-league football. Now it's you know, it's it's hard to. They ripped out the pitch. They put in grass. They they're a full-fledged league team now, and it's fucking. We'll American. see what happens. It's grass. It's gone back to grass now, anyway. I th- I think they had to in order to be in the football league. They couldn't for some reason. They had to change their pitch for some or you know for some reason. I I mean I know that there are. There are and used to be like Oldham and and Luton and no, all. I don't that. think there is. I think so. So obviously the rule is if you get into the the pro leagues, you've got to have a, a, a grass pitch. So they've done away with the Oldham. I mean, I just it was Oldham and Luton, right? Oldham and Luton that used yeah. to have those those QPR pitches as well. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, we'll do that when we're there. Uh, we'll 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 put some good content out there like we did last time. But uh, but gents, thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, this is the beginning of. Of a, of, of a brighter run. Uh, Dan, tell us again where we can find you individually and uh, and podcastically. 
Cheers, Mike. Thanks for having us on. I mean, always a pleasure, mate. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Insta at DanArsenal87. Uh, I'm on Lee Judges TV um, with Lee as well. So if you want to come listen to that, then head over and subscribe. Cheers, Mike. Hey, my pleasure. John, John uh, we might not be able to get uh, uh, Wayne there this time, but uh, but we certainly did last time. Uh, we called it, we were twinning. Uh, yeah, exactly. We were twinning. You can't tell the difference. Uh, I had the shit hair uh, and the shit face and the chins. Um, but uh, but yeah, we actually took him back to a game at Gander Green Lane for the first the first time since he left the club in less than ideal circumstances. So uh, that's that's part of the whole the whole storyline by, by by why I uh, I actually love the the club now. It's just yeah, it's a weird thing. But uh, Lee. Uh, speaking of weird things, um, I just noticed your. <laughs> I just noticed that you changed your thing to O instead. Um, where can we find you? Where where can well, I find what st- what street I'm can I find you? On? Ass, you know what I mean. Like you'll find me on the on. Uh, <laughs> you find me upstairs. <laughs> I'm coming down. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you're quicker than I thought you would have been. Now you can find us on the Lee Judges TV uh, or Lee Mark Judges um, on Twitter or Instagram and uh, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, and um, every now and then you'll find me on this pod. Fantastic. And uh, and, and and the biggest cameo of the day, say goodbye, Tanner. <laughs> goodbye, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you gooners. <laughs>